0: to hike this one out and take it all the way to the house once again it's your man kyle means editorial director war media we are Eagle radio.com right here with my main man ryan Bukovetsky, our lead nfl writer bears writer uh covering everything from the league that you want to hear about here in chicago and abroad but uh we're here back in this back on uh in the dungeon, in the sit in the studio session, in the uh tape room, whatever you want to call it. You know, you can imagine it as you may. But uh we're we're back here together for another recording, uh, you know, taking you into our thoughts from game one of the preseason with the Bears and uh, you know, expound on uh what, what we felt. You know, went good, and uh, what was so-so, and what a, you know, some things maybe you may forgot about, or or you know, overlooked yourself. You know, maybe we can can hip you to some of those things that you want to look at, and just uh, bringing you into our thoughts with these with this opening game, and uh, you know, we're gonna roll, you know, roll it forward uh, into game two of the preseason, which will take place this Friday uh, in New York, uh, bears and the, in the giants. So, uh, you know, Ryan, man, let's get you in here right away. Uh, get your thoughts on, uh, you know, you know, first off, hope you had a good weekend, man. But, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, after that, you know, hip, you know, let us know what your, what your thoughts are on the bears and, you know, how, uh, they started off in that, uh, opening game, you know, took a loss to, uh, uh, the Carolina Panthers, you know, really that doesn't matter. But uh, you know, what, what were your what were your overall thoughts on what the Bears did in that opening game?
1: Yeah, Kyle, great to talk to you, and had a great weekend. It's always nice uh, when footballs just back in the air and getting these first games out of the way. It's it's just awesome that it's back to that routine of kind of like weekend is football time. So overall, was really happy with uh, the weekend and. When it comes to the Bears, I think uh, there was plenty to kind of digest and feel good about. It has to be David Montgomery, number one on the list. Uh, He looked like that type of running back that can kind of just make guys miss. He might not have a ton of that speed that you're looking for, but uh, he's got good hands. He can be a quality receiver, and he's going to be very hard to tackle, and he doesn't mind contact and picking up some uh, yardage, so. He looks to be kind of the answer that the Bears are looking for at running back. And when you mix him in with Tariq Cohen and what Mike Davis can do, that position should be pretty well rebuilt. And we felt that way kind of going into training camp, but it was nice to actually see it from David Montgomery a little bit. And uh, I would think he's going to get just get better and better as uh, the rest of the preseason goes on and get ready for the regular season. And another guy, just to stick with the running backs, was Kareth White. He, he really showed that uh, that speed that he has, the ability to get out on the edge and really uh, make defenders miss and, and kind of have that unteachable skill, which is just speed. And uh, really looking at what he might do on the team, because I would think that he's probably going to make the team. Uh, it, I would doubt he'd be able to be hidden on the practice squad just because of that speed, and I, I would think some team would try to take a flyer on him, especially as a guy that might just take a few carries here and there and be that speed threat. So I would assume that the Bears are going to try to put him on the roster, or that would be competing with Ryan Nall, because they already have three guys and probably are only going to keep four running backs. But he made the, uh, the mix of running backs and that uh, whole competition a lot more interesting and something to watch especially when we move ahead to the new york giants this friday and looking at uh, some of the things on defense uh, i would say just seeing some of the guys like eddie goldman roquan smith was nice uh there were some defensive backs that made some nice plays uh, here and there but uh overall i thought uh, the, uh joshua woods the inside linebacker looked probably the most uh, Eye popping to me on defense, at least he he really made a lot of athletic plays overall, and he's in competition. I would think with uh, a couple of those backups, and then uh, Kyle, the last thing with the kickers that I saw, you know, this is the first real competition, and where we see them actually in a game doing the actual routine and making the kick, and that's going to be a lot different than a training camp practice. So actually seeing the kickers go out there and perform it showed what maybe bears fans are all feeling angsty about and maybe the front office in general because you see eddie pinero probably the guy that you want to win this competition but he goes ahead and misses his first attempt he did rebound and come back so it's not like he was just completely makeless the entire day but it really left kind of that bad taste in your mouth and elliot fry he was perfect on the day but It just seems like from everybody that you talk to and hear, he just doesn't necessarily have that NFL leg. And I think it worries some people. And a perfect example is Robbie Gold, who came in with a weaker leg. He worked on it, worked on it, and he did get to a point where distance really wasn't a problem for him, whether it was on kickoffs or in place kicking. But you just wonder if on a year where you're trying to get to the Super Bowl, if it's worth trying to wait for a kid to develop – and potentially be that guy with no real guarantee. And then, uh, interesting enough, is when you look at that matchup with the Panthers, any matchup, whether it's the Giants or anyone moving forward, you got to look out for kickers because potentially someone's going to get cut. And for the Carolina Panthers, they have Graham Gano, so they already had their place kicker. And this kid, Sly, he, uh, he looked pretty solid. And and that's a guy to keep an eye on as a potential cut that the. Uh,
0: Bears might go after getting the opportunity. Yeah, we're we're gonna get into that in a little bit. With regards to, you know, some kickers who may not even be on the roster who may have a chance to to have this job with the Bears. You know, one in particular was out in Baltimore. He was a backup, and uh, you know, he ended up getting traded to uh, Minnesota. We'll we'll we we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, sticking with. The bears and the effort in the game one. Um, I think uh, you know defensively. I'll, I'll stick with the defense because it's it's sort of interesting. You had some, you know, probably less of the starting, less of the starters who were available on defense or the impact guys than it was on offense. On offense, we saw, you know, quite a few impact players at least get some time, including Trubisky. You know, even though he just you know, handed off three times. you know he still hit the hit the field on defense. You know you didn't get to you know besides Roquan, you didn't see and and Eddie Goldman. You didn't really see too many of the of the front line stars. But you know there are players who are playing for interesting reasons coming into the season. I think one that stuck out to me was uh, and and to others definitely was Deion Bush. Now, I want to get your thoughts on him. You know, he's coming into this season with a, uh, you know, playing for a contract, a new contract coming out of uh, his rookie deal. And, uh, you know, starting with this game today, it seemed, uh, last week, I should say, um, uh, it seemed like he's going to be extra motivated to make an impact on the field this year.
1: Yeah, Dion Bush is a, a guy to definitely keep an eye on for a roster spot, and I would think he's the favorite to be the backup to Eddie Jackson. Uh, We saw him last year, including that playoff game against the Eagles, and he held his own. I mean, he's clearly a step down when it comes to the type of player that Eddie Jackson is at that safety spot, but he's a guy that can fill in as a capable player and not allow big plays behind him, and he's a willing and pretty solid tackler overall. Maybe not uh, instinctual enough to really be a turnover creator, but uh, we'll see because Chuck Pagano, some of this is – going to be interesting to see with the defensive backs and unfortunately we're not going to get a really good taste of it until the regular season but one thing that Chuck Pagano was really well known for is his ability to work with defensive backs and what that effect could potentially have on some guys including a guy like Dion Bush is it might actually raise some of the competition level and I would say from really reports other analysts and all types of outgoings from Urban A the defensive backs have more than held their own and maybe are an underrated deep position on this team. So Dion Bush, he definitely uh, played well and showed out. And I would think that he is, he was already a favorite to get that backup spot. And maybe that game alone might've just sealed it for him.
0: Okay. And going, going back to Pagano, what did you think about some of the first play calling we saw from him? You know, uh, a bit of, you know, at least early on, you know, I wasn't, Paying too much attention beyond the early parts of the game, but it from the beginning though you did get a bit of his blitzing schemes that uh, th- that I think are to be expected coming from him, and you know we saw a couple plays like uh, uh, most notably the Ra- the Roquan Smith had a little bit of a delay, and but he shot right into that backfield and, and really put a hurting on that quarterback. I I forget who it was. You know Cam Newton didn't play at all. In the game, so it, I, I think that was the right decision there for uh for Carolina because uh you know Roquan came out there ready to hit someone, and the, you know, the Bears were you know, it was like they were pretty aggressive, uh, at least in that first half, uh, and and, and they they were able to hold uh, what was it, I think to six points in that first half, right? Uh, Carolina. So, uh, what did you think overall about the way that the defense, you know, in, in this first? look of play calling uh, being controlled by Pagano, you know, how did they look in in your, in your opinion?
1: Yeah. It's interesting with play calling, especially in the preseason, because we know that really just in general coordinators are holding on to all their best stuff. So they're really giving just basic vanilla type play calls, maybe spice it up with a couple uh, just kind of general blitzes here and there. And that's what I would think that that Roquan play was, But overall, what I kind of gathered from Chuck Pagano is it's interesting seeing him on the sideline compared to Vic Fangio up in the booth. You see Chuck Pagano, he's a lot like Matt Nagy. He's going to be really involved, really uh, going out there, being kind of that cheerleader, enthusiastic motivator for this defense. And that's going to be interesting to see how that mixes as the season goes on because at least in the beginning, uh, maybe that's something over time that kind of becomes annoying, but I would think at least in the beginning the player's going to respond pretty positively to that, and overall that might just be a little difference, a little wrinkle to how this defense goes out there and performs. And in terms of the play call, you're going to see just a lot of different things once the regular season comes. It's going to look a lot, I think, like the offense did last year. When we saw them in the preseason, we didn't see a ton of crazy formations and all types of the variety that Matt Nagy had until really play one against the Packers when he lined up in the T formation. I think Chuck Pagano is going to be kind of similar like that, where we're really not going to get a good taste of his play calling until the regular season comes. And then you're going to see a lot more disguises, the blitzes, but then also a good mix of allowing that front four or front seven to get the job done and drop
0: more back in coverage. OK. And uh, before we you know, start to look forward now to Friday, uh, again, looking back at Thursday's game, the third phase that uh, special teams, you know, going back from last year, that was something that, uh, you, know, it, you know, nobody really watching the Bears could say they were really satisfied with it. You know, we talked a little bit about the kicking already, but uh, overall, in regards to the coverage unit and everything. You know, what did you think about how they uh, the special teams was able to conduct itself in this uh, early stage?
1: Yeah, I, I think probably some things that they're going to have to clean up overall, but there's a lot of competition out there, and we didn't see the uh, just the obvious number ones on special teams a ton. But I, I really do expect, and I, I think we're seeing it in training camp practices and even in these preseason games that are going to be coming up as well as the one against the Panthers is they should be a significantly improved special teams unit just in general. I mean, When you add the type of returners that they have, they have a ton of athletes and versatile guys. They kept some aces like Sherrick McManus, uh, Joel Iggy Ibunaway, whoever uh, the inside linebacker for the team. He's a special team standout and they have a couple guys like that and I expect them to kind of have a few special teams uh, capable stars, if you will, when it comes to coverage and just being uh, downfield and and taking care of their assignments. So overall, it's going to be, I think, still difficult to see some of the special teams because it just depends how much that starting special teams unit plays because they're going to probably be trying out a variety of guys in special teams to give them those chances to win those spots because then it makes – some of the cuts in other position groups easier when it comes to cut day.
0: Okay. And, you know, you mentioned cut day, that being one of the uh, milestone days of the preseason the bears uh, pretty much sort of just got through the first milestone day, which was the final day in camp in Bourbonet. So you know, I guess when you, if you look at now as the rest of this week plays out, they're starting to get more in a normalized situation. In regards to uh, the you know comparing preseason to regular season, they're gonna be you know back at Hallis Hall now and doing their thing out of out of there. But uh, you know what what do you think about this week and you know what are what are some of the things that you've been hearing or, or you know just from previous years' experience that you think you know from uh, from following the team? What do you think they're gonna be trying to hit on this week? As they uh, move forward, and you know, and uh, make you know, eventually make the trip out to New York to uh, play that next game.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of hit on it just by saying the normalized routine. They're going to get more into the normal way of doing things. And I'm sure as the preseason goes on, it's going to turn more and more into like a regular game week where we have our meetings on these days. We're doing these things on these days and we're doing our prep like this on these days. So that routine is going to be definitely a positive. Matt Maggie said at the end of the, when he had his final press conference that it's kind of to the point in training camp where they've really installed everything on both sides of the ball and now maybe it's that point where you try to rein it back a little bit try to get rid of some of the plays that you don't feel will work no more trying to create plays let's get down the plays that we like and that we're going to be using and keep with our core principles so they're probably going to do a lot more fundamental stuff, and I would think that a break is probably coming for this team. Uh, Matt Nagy kind of did that last year in the third preseason game when he rested all the starters because traditionally that's the starters' uh, main dress rehearsal for the regular season, and he decided that uh, really with how much practice that they had done that it it was a good chance for them to get a break and for guys to just kind of stay healthy and, and not worry about anything. I would imagine that that's probably coming soon, maybe not necessarily this week, because they can ride off the high of the new venue and being in that gorgeous building at House Hall. But uh, I would expect uh, a good break, a little relaxation. And I believe what I heard was after this second preseason game, um, it's essentially about 12 days from either the end of the third preseason game to the start of the regular season so it's going to come fast and furious pretty soon because they have that early thursday start
0: that's right yeah that's right because after that fourth game it'll be just one week exactly you know leading into the the opener against green bay so i guess i guess it's fortunate that they at least have that game at home but like you said it's going to be a bit of a of a crunch there in regards to preparation and you're dealing like like you said before, with cut day, it's a hectic time of of the year to be, you know, getting in that transition right away, you know, into playing in in the, the first game that counts of the year. So, uh, no good. Uh, you were gonna say something?
1: Yeah, it definitely. It helps that this team is so veteran laden that they know a lot of the guys. It, it's definitely a benefit that they probably have a pretty good idea of who already the 53 are because they're already just so deep in so many spots. It might just come down to a few competitions here or there that they'll probably figure out within these next couple of weeks. And then it's all going towards Green Bay and the start of the regular season.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like it's, it's definitely helpful that this, this is a team that knows a lot about itself already as opposed to last year where, You know, they were taking on a new coach and new systems and everything, you know, at least offensively. You know, this team is pretty much square, you know, right in the middle of where they want to be focus-wise. And, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, it's more about that back end of the team figuring out, uh, you know, who's going to be kept and who's not as opposed to seeing who's going to step up and who's going to be Uh, you know, filling important roles on the team, pretty much all the important roles on the team have been uh, dished out. So, you know, uh, but uh, looking at Friday's game again, you know, in regards to the opponent, you know, you got a Giants team that is not very good right now. They're rebuilding. They have a lot of uh, talent that they've exchanged in the offseason, the past couple offseasons. On both sides of the ball, but particularly on offense, they're pretty, uh, you know, pretty, you know, there was a lot of disengagement with that team. But uh, apparently all it took uh, to get them going again in New York was a Daniel Jones touchdown throw last week. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to feel that they're on top of the world this week or if they're going to be, you know, just uh, uh, an easy, easy pickings for the Bears. But, you know, but, again, this preseason, you know, results don't really matter in regards to the score, but uh, it's more about, you know, how we how we see these players play in that particular positions. you know, how, how are they going to – you know, who's going to stand out and who's going to be competing well for positions on the team. So, with that said, you know, are, are there any positions or any uh, facets of the game that you think are going to be, you uh, know, m- really – that we really should look out for more than others in, in, in regards to facing off against this opponent uh, in the Giants. Yeah,
1: I, I think definitely a, a general kind of rule of thumb that I kind of have for preseason is I would expect that, you know, the Giants, I would think for them to really compete with the Bears roster, they're going to have to do play calling and scheming. And I just don't think that they're going to do much of that. So, it's usually kind of athlete versus athlete in a way, you know, instinctual football players just going out there and playing, using their skills and their training and kind of going in an organized way, but nothing really extensive, nothing really schematic where you're really strategizing against the other. So, anything can kind of happen in that regard, but I would think overall that the Bears would just have a significantly higher talent level of a roster. And I think that'll be probably pretty obvious from when they play, but of course it depends when starters and how long starters play, Uh, if starters play even to begin with. But what to look out for the Bears, I would say, is just simply how's that running back position going? Keep an eye. Does David Montgomery even get that much burn? Because maybe they've decided, you know, he's going to be our number one back. There's no point in really putting him out there to really learn or just get more reps. We feel good with where he's at, so let's just – make sure he's ready for the regular season. You know, does Mitch play? Does some of the offensive line, some of the receivers? Uh, Anthony Miller had himself an injury on the last day of open practice to the public, and it doesn't sound like it's anything big. It's a, a sprained ankle from what Matt Nagy said, and he shouldn't be in jeopardy for week one. But that leaves the door open for some other receiver to step up and get those reps, and maybe a guy like Riley Ridley who's back. From uh, his hamstring issue, he's probably going to play this Friday, so we'll get a chance to see him and what he could potentially do. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, The tight end position, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, last week's game, but one of the players we have to mention is Ian Bunting, who had himself a really solid day, but also had some negative plays, like a turnover and some penalties. So he's a guy that I would think has a leg up on a potential four tight end position, number four on, on the depth chart because it looks like it's going to be Burden, Shaheen, and then Broniker ahead of whoever takes that last spot. But Ian Bunting, he looks like a receiver. If they feel he can be good enough as a blocker and he continues to show improvement, he might be a guy to watch out for. But there's also that Dax Raymond and a couple other guys that are buying for that extra spot. So definitely keep an eye on the tight end position. The team is still looking for their swing tackle. I don't know if that's been solved. Cornelius look at Lucas looks like be favorite, but there's a lot of room there for someone to take a spot potentially. So how's that back uh, backup offensive line play would be something I would be watching for. And then really on the defensive side, because with special teams, it's going to be that place kicking. Um, maybe some of the coverage units just to see how guys are doing, especially in the second half when more guys are really competing for those backup spots and maybe some guys that they're trying out to see if they could challenge for starter spots. But uh, in terms of the defense itself, I would just say keep an eye on uh, on the outside linebackers, on who the backups are, because you know if you did lose Cleo Mack or Leonard Floyd, that's a lot of pass rushing that you're losing. So, can anyone really step up in that area? Can anyone really flash those skills and ability to to maybe be a guy that can develop into that potential role if need be? So. There, I would say there's a lot of areas, defensive line. There's a lot of competition for the back end uh, spots. They're probably going to keep five, and at least four of the guys are already set. So a lot of competition there for uh, a potential defensive line spot. We already mentioned the inside linebacker. I would say Nick Quitakowski versus uh, Josh Woods is a big competition. And then really if any defensive back steps up, and really separates themselves amongst the pack.
0: Okay. Okay. What? Are, what? Are, what are the? What, what do you think of the odds are that Mitch throws at all, <laughs> or or if he if he does throw, what do you think over a good over under would be? Man, that's. Re- I'll, I'll tell
1: you this: I would bet if he doesn't throw in this game, he won't throw at all for the preseason. Yeah. It's only this game against the Giants. Yeah. If he throws any type of pass, it's going to be this game, or it's not going to be
0: at all. I agree with you on that. If he doesn't throw this week, I mean, why even, you know, like, I said, why even throw him out there on the last two? But yeah, and I don't even
1: think he will. I think this is the last time we'll see Mitch all preseason. If we even see him, uh, this uh, he might just get that one game.
0: Yeah, and then again, especially with the final game being, you know, say just a week ahead of the of the uh, the opener, the third game. You know, we you know we all know how the third game is. You know what they call the dress rehearsal game but again if you haven't thrown mitch you there's really nothing that you're going to get from mitch you know from having a dress rehearsal game from all you're doing is risking possible injury with him because if you have a dress rehearsal with him you're going to want to have him out there for like a half or something but you know that's not going to help really anything that they're, that they're trying to do at this moment with him
1: yeah i think for Mandaghi, the- worst possible scenario that he has in his mind is not having Mitch ready for the regular season and being a big contributor all year long so losing him in the preseason i think that's something he that's one of the last positions he'd want to be in cuz you can always kind of cover up for a running back or for a receiver or tight end you know you can you can do some things schematically but when you lose Mitch uh, obviously Chase can do some okay things out there, but not for an extended period of time. And he's clearly a step down in town level.
0: Yeah, there aren't a bunch of quarterbacks hanging out there saying "pick me, pick me," you know, in the league right now, or or circling around it. You know, maybe one in particular, a lot of people will mention, but I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> at any yeah. in any situation. But uh, but in 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 regards to kickers, you know, as we transition a little bit out uh from bears related news you know let, let's talk about that that kicking situation in regards to the the young kicker from baltimore you know there was a there was some thought about uh him possibly being someone that the bears reached out reached out to and i think you did hear ryan that there was some talks between the bears and and uh the ravens but eventually the ravens made a deal uh with uh Minnesota, which you know, of course division rival there. And uh the Minnesota, like the Bears, has had a, a fraught kicking situation for the past year plus now. And they look to deal they look to dealt with it with that trade. And they gave up, you know, I think a lot of people some people say they gave up quite a bit for that guy. But uh, you know, just uh, you know, give us your rundown on that situation and, and what do you think it meant for the Bears in regards to how much they talk to him, and regards to you know them eventually not going there, and that. Either. Yeah, a fifth round pick, I believe,
1: was the haul for that uh, young kicker from Baltimore, or from the Ravens, and for Minnesota, uh because this kicker he, he can also punt as well, and it sounds like that the Vikings are going to. Probably primarily use him as a place kicker. I don't know if they have any intention of using him as a punter, but it does potentially change things up when it comes to roster spots because you only are going to have one kicker, one punter. But if this kid is going to come in and do punting for them, they could theoretically keep Dan Bailey if they wanted, or they could get rid of him and have an extra roster spot. So some of that needs to be cleaned up. But I, I would think overall you make this trade to get a place kicker so that that is the final thing, because I'm sure Minnesota feels very similar to the Bears when they look at their roster. Where are we weakest? And that is really one area that for both teams that if you could get a guy that could solidify that that position, then you would be really set in all three phases and have a chance really any Sunday against anybody to win. And that's what you obviously want most of all. For the Bears – I think from what I read and saw around the league that two NFC North teams checked in with the Ravens, one obviously being the Vikings since they made the trade. Who else would it be? Probably would be the Bears because they're the only other team in the division that has any type of place-kicking issues. Uh, Maybe the price a little bit too high for Ryan Pace to pay, and maybe they just didn't have as high of a scouting report as the Vikings. Uh, He had a terrific four for four performance, I believe, against uh, or in that first preseason game for Baltimore. And, you know, we'll see what that means for the Bears moving forward, because we just don't know how much they love Pinheiro and Fry. I'm assuming that the Bears are really looking around and feel that they can really upgrade, especially by cut day. So it does, you know, lose an option, but it also loses a competitor because there's not. I would think a ton of teams with place-kicking issues, and there's a lot of teams that have that position already solidified, so now it's just one less team that's going to potentially go after a uh, guy that gets cut. The only thing is now, you don't maybe get the guy that you wanted. The other thing to keep in mind, though, is Dan Bailey, if he does get uh, cut, you know, he struggled last year for the Vikings but that is a veteran kicker that has done it in the biggest moments they might consider bringing him in and he might be a a decent replacement at least for now if you feel that there really isn't anybody worthy out there to be that guy and then worst case scenario you cut Dan Bailey and then go with some of the unproven guys that you had on your radar
0: yeah yeah Uh, maybe there may be some more revelations kicking revelations that uh, pop up during the next couple of weeks, but I doubt if any of them will be as interesting as a black Swede, uh, no, black Norwegian, I should say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that would have been definitely a great cherry on top for the Bears, but uh, maybe yeah. they're just looking at two other guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, Kare Medvik is his name. We haven't said his name because it's not that easy to say, but you know, I just looked it up. Here. And uh, yeah, I think it would have been interesting for the beat reporters, at least, to have that to have that kid come in. But uh, I'll
1: tell you one thing, though: if Ryan Pace made that trade and this kid does not work out, boy, that would be maybe the worst possible situation for him to be in.
0: That would be, yeah, that would be very bad. Yeah, and you know, I guess, like, and, and there's there's more of a disposability with uh, the guys that they have right now because the expectations aren't there that, you know, you pretty much just pick these guys up off the street as opposed to making a deal for them, giving up a draft pick and such. You know, so it's if, if fried. Uh, you know, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, that's, that's the thing too, Kyle, that, that, you know, maybe there isn't a lot of great options out there, but there's going to be options because at least – At the end of cut day, there's going to be some guys out on the streets that have preseason tape that you can watch that maybe you feel a little bit more confident, especially if you've got guys really scouring in your pro personnel, looking over everything, trying to get information on guys. There might be some options out there, so you don't necessarily have to just jump on the first guy available or the first guy that impresses you.
0: Definitely, definitely. So uh, we'll see uh, more this Friday, you know, we'll see if either of the guys, uh, you know, separate themselves in their kicking competition and, and elsewhere on the team, if anybody separates themselves from their, uh, you know, from their teammates in the other positions, you know, if any diamonds show show themselves from the proverbial rough and all that, you know, that's it. That's what preseason is about, and that's where a lot of the fun is. And also, uh. You know, just uh, seeing games at different times that you usually see, you know, 6.30 on a Friday, you know, there's nothing wrong with football at that time, of, that time of day, you know. You could you could watch football and still go out for the evening, you know, Friday.
1: Exactly. And, you know, the one good thing I'll give preseason is those games are all over the place, and there's so many random primetime ones. I mean, if you just get a hankering for football, Turn on the TV. You might be able to catch
0: something. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So, yeah, we good, we're going to have some fun, man. We're going to get back to y'all pretty soon. Uh, ideally, we'll uh, right after the Bears game, we uh, may be able to put something out this Friday. Uh, so look out for that. If not, then, uh, you know, real soon after, we'll have something for you. Uh, and, you know, responding to the efforts in, in preseason game, two. But, uh, yeah, we'll just keep on keep on trucking for now, and uh, we'll hit, like I said, we'll hit back with you soon. Check back with us. Uh, listen to us, War on Anchor. Uh, that is uh, anchor.fm slash Regal dash radio. That is the address. If you uh, don't want to look it up online, you know, just type that out. And, uh, you know, you can also find us everywhere on social media. We are Regal Radio, all run together. Uh, on on uh Sound SoundCloud, uh, and Instagram, Face Facebook, you can find us best by re- typing in Regal Radio, but definitely Twitter is uh Regal Radio one that's our handle, but uh yeah just keep up with us man, show us love, we'll show it right back, us uh, you know give us good ratings five stars, give us those five stars, you know share us, share our stuff man. Tell us uh if you got anybody who uh wants wants people to talk about the Bears this year, definitely reach out to uh reach out to me and reach out to Ryan. And uh we you know we can hit you off with some of that good stuff, you know. Uh and uh, yeah, you know, we're just uh just getting started here, man. 2019, big season for the Bears, hundred seat for the Bears in the NFL. So uh you know definitely gonna be giving you the best that we got in regards to our coverage week in and week out. So, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, definitely you can listen to as well with the Dean Davis show as we talk about, uh, giving the best weekend and week out, uh, guys will be back on, had a week, week off there, uh, for recording, but they'll be back, uh, with some, with a hot show this week, Dean Davis show and Dean Davis to flip later, uh, on later this weekend as well. So, uh, definitely look out for that. And, um, uh, now on though, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, ho- we'll holler at you later, bear down, and all that good stuff, right? <music>